Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. All right, what's the theme for the month? It starts now. So good. If you guys are here for the first time, uh, not that this is awkward, but it's just like you just happened to land on our Sexuality, Dating, Covenant, and Marriage Month. So lucky you. Um, we're covering all kinds of topics. We, got, we asked questions. We kind of did a poll the audience kind of deal. Thank you so much for questions. We got lots of questions about all kinds of different things. Um, some of our major themes, of course, are the- like surrounding the topics of homosexuality, the LGBTQ, which I, don't, I didn't even know that there was a Q on it until now, so I'm getting an education about that. But stuff about that, stuff about pornography, stuff about lust, stuff about relationships. How do I be a Christian and be dating? How, how do I do this thing? What does God think about um, Having sex before you're married. What does God think about homosexuals? What does God think about this? And so, look, obviously, there's, like we said last week, there's opportunity for us, if you remember my story, to have a, a missed, messed up understanding about some of these things just because of the culture that we're raised in, okay? If you haven't noticed, the culture that surrounds you all the time on, like, TV and uh, social media, and even in school, and even in the things that the public school actually teaches are not necessarily like the ways of God. Anybody in public school that knows this? Anybody watch Netflix? Okay, anybody watch Hulu? Like, everything that we see on a regular basis and take in through, like, our eyes is actually probably mostly representing not God's kingdom. So, we, like, feel not obligated in a bad way, but we feel a responsibility to represent God's truth about these issues and about these topics. Because, like, some of the questions, just for example, are like, why does God hate homosexuals? And that's, like, totally a lie that gets portrayed through media and, and, and like, all different kinds of whatever broadcast that just says that, like, oh, yeah, God doesn't, God doesn't love homosexuals. He hates homosexuals, blah, 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 blah. Do you realize that that's not even true? Like, God actually absolutely loves the homosexual community, that he actually just wants to see them set free and, and on fire for him and know that he loves them. But the enemy knows that it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So if he can convince an entire people group that God hates them, they'll never know his truth. Like, he's doing sneaky stuff trying to get people to believe lies so that they don't get set free. All right, that's just one example. So we're going to have the whole panel come up here if we can, and we're going to introduce just really quickly. You got to meet Rod and Angela. They're amazing. Some of the people you guys know, you know Lynn Oakley and Luke Viazzi are up here tonight. Um, this this uh, panel tonight is going to be all of us together, obviously, boys and girls. Next week we're going to do a separate panel of different, well, some of, some of these guys will be here as well, um, but we're going to have more people because we're going to split guys and girls, so we're going to be able to get into even maybe nittier, grittier stuff, but the unique thing is that we're going to have guy guy students asking questions to a panel of female leaders to get a perspective from a female point of view and vice versa, so don't want to miss that. It's going to be awesome. We're going to hit a a number of questions tonight, Um, but just so you know, Obviously, Lynn is here on the far left. Well, yeah, you're far left. Then Luke, Angela, Rod. This is Samantha and her husband, Brandon. And they're amazing. 
seriously. Yeah. I think you guys might. I don't know if they're going to. Are they sharing next week? Yeah, they're also on next week's panel. Okay. Are they going to share beforehand? I haven't talked to them yet, but I would like them to. Oh, possible. okay, cool. Well, you might hear more about their actual story, but just give us like a real quick, like, who, who you are, who what you are do, you? what's your family like, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I'm Samantha, and this is Brandon. Um, we're married, and we have two kids, five and seven. Um, I actually started coming here to Life Center when I was 14, and God radically changed my life on a fall youth retreat. And it was, it was 20 years ago this September. Isn't that so cool? So cool. Um, and Brandon, I met him in college, and he kind of took over the airborne space. He was one of the youth group leaders here while I went away to school in Tennessee. And then we came back, and we've been here ever since. And this just feels like home, even sitting up here tonight. It's, just, it's very, very, it just feels like home. So. Brandon is the most epic Penn State football fan that I've ever known. <laughs> and his posse sent him to the Rose Bowl this year. Is that right? Uh, and wow. God is good. If you know anything about college football, you know that was the he most. He wasn't that quite good because <laughs> they, they, lost, they lost in the last couple minutes. But. <laughs> yeah. but it was the most epic Rose Bowl game probably ever. So Brandon also goes down in the Airborne History books as preaching the most memorable oh sermon you know, of all time. We all know about that one. I was really hoping share. that that wouldn't come up tonight. Oh, oh really? It but just keeps coming up. It always comes up. But anyway, you can ask us about it later. We'll yeah. skip the details for right now. Are you proud of that moment, though, Brandon? Say yes. <laughs> so, sometimes yes, sometimes no. <laughs> Depends what you, face uh, you're getting from the person in front of yeah. you. Okay. Maturity, you know? It all goes back to maturity. <laughs> we'll never forget. But what's more important is, like, I think most people remember why you did it. So. Yeah, it, uh, it was a little bit of shock value, but... I think it stuck with the kids. Yeah, it was about sharing Christ with your friends, and he really got yeah. the point across. <laughs> I wasn't even there, know. and I know anyway. the point. <laughs> it, it involved a live animal, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. we're Just moving on. All right, we're too much on. information. That. Keep so, going. So that's good intros. You kind of know everybody. Also, did you say Rod and Angela are the parents of some pretty awesome girls? You said that already? Okay, sorry. I, I uh, can I, can I just add so, something yeah. before we get started? Um I did mention that uh, she broke my heart on February 13th, <laughs> but we serve a mighty God. We were married on February 15th. Come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. That's really good. God really does redeem things well, doesn't he? So, but yeah, guys, we are, we're super excited about this, this whole theme and topic, obviously, because we think you are too, right? Generally, I think this is something that... It's kind of like, oh, I don't know, are we supposed to be excited about it? But yes, I think everybody's interested. And we got a lot of questions. We actually like recorded them all down here. And we don't know who they're from, so you're totally anonymous to us in that. But we did find that uh, we kind of categorized all the questions into a few main like topics and themes that we definitely want to hit on tonight. So don't be offended if you don't hear your exact question be mentioned, because we're going to try to answer like groups of questions all at once so we're not here like question one question 40 like that'll be really horrible so right, okay um so the first major topic that we theme that we definitely got a lot of questions about is the um homosexual community um and that's a real deal that our that our world is facing right now and we have some um 
some serious questions, obviously, through that. But um, do you, does anyone here want to speak to the Christian response, God's view of homosexuality on the panel here? We want to hear from you guys. Anybody want to take that for the run? It's a good, real easy one to warm up on, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And let me give you some examples. Yeah. Just examples start out of with questions. the easy questions, why don't we? Well, yeah. yeah. Right. So in that genre of questions, yeah. um, which I really appreciate these questions because I realize that um, a lot of you guys are getting these kind of questions from friends. Like as Christians, right. you represent God to a circle of friends who might not be following Christ, you know? And so they're going to come to you and be like, why are you Christians such haters? And you're like, well, that's kind of the opposite of what we're about. Right. And, but it's because of like what we said about this um, social agenda or whatever you want to call it about trying to, normalize, um, s- trying to normalize sin, no matter what kind of sin it is. And in one form, it's homosexuality, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and like before the late 1960s, there really was like no community on the planet that kind of supported homosexual relationships. It, w- it didn't exist. That was only 50 years ago. Like, th- you know, that's not a, a huge span of time. Okay, this is a pretty relative new um, development where through the, through the media and through all kinds of, like, social conditioning, we're creating a culture where we're saying that this sin is okay and that sin is okay and yada, yada, yada. And so there's people coming to you as a Christian going, like, you guys are terrible people. You don't even... You don't even love the homosexual community. And you're like, okay, now you're putting words in my God's mouth, number one, and you're totally missing the point. So some of the questions that come from that are, why is being gay wrong? Can an LGBTQ person go to heaven? Um, if why, is, why is homosexuality wrong if God's love is unconditional? Um, stuff like that. Those are some of the questions. And so just in general, we just want to hear you guys speak to what is God's thought about the people, the sin, why is it wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got it, Andrea. So you know what? God is what? Yeah. There's the answer right there. Yeah. God is love. I think one of the issues that occurs, just I'm piggybacking on what Dylan said, is the fact that we have mixed messages even among Christian groups, right, wouldn't you say? So you have some people who are just railing against people um, and this particular group in particular, you know, this particular group, um, and so it causes confusion. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact of the matter is God is love. Mm-hmm. He does not hate people. Yeah. He dislikes sin, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and... So when it comes to, you know, your, your friends or, or whomever, remember how I talked to you earlier about, hey, you know, I didn't really have any boundaries. There was nothing to sort of hem me in, basically say, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. So you guys, um, some of you know, I teach at a college. Um, I'm a chair of the counseling at, at Hack, And I remember Ooh. one of my classes... <laughs> Yeah, if anyone want any information about college, just come and see me. Um, but I know, really. <laughs> but um, I remember hearing a student of mine say, well, there's no right or wrong. You could just do anything. Why is that? Because there's, there's, there's no one in our society even just saying that this is the Bible, this is what's right, and this is what's wrong. 
um, through it all, God is love. And so that's that's what I have to say about it. Go, Sam. Um, I'm sure that – raise your hand if you have Facebook. This is everybody nowadays, right? Pretty much everybody in this room. I mean, let's be honest. Just <laughs> reading through f social media, whether it's friends or enemies – this is this is a hot topic. It is debated, like Angela's saying, among Christians themselves. And I was just having this discussion with uh, my sister the other day. W we as believers have the word of God. And thank God that we do, because it's like, no matter what, you can go back to the word and say, okay, well, what does God say about this? Well, I can I can look back in the beginning and say that God said... There's man. And then God crafted woman, and he said, let them be one. And I can look at the example throughout the Bible of what God called family and what, what God can use to make family, and he said that that was good. And I think sometimes um, when you hear the buzz in the hallway and when you have even friends surrounding you, it's, it's like you, there's this gray area and the enemy loves to confuse us. But sometimes you just need to steal away and say, okay, God, but what do you say about this? What does what your word say about this? And I feel like that constantly brings clarity back. Yes, God is love. He loves everyone no matter what. If a friend of mine has an addiction to something, does God love that my friend is addicted to something? No. God wants... God loves the person, but he wants them set free. And I think that this, um, in homosexuality, God loves the person. God loves all people. We're his kids. Every one of us is, yeah. is his kids. But he wants us to be set free from anything that holds us back from him um, and becoming more and more like him. So that's kind of been my thing lately. Just like go back to the word. What does the word say? Yeah, and, and you saying that so it's something that holds you back from him, that any sin, and so God calls homosexuality a sin, any sin is missing the mark. Mm -hmm. So homosexuality misses the mark of God's glory for sexuality, for God's glory for what, I mean, what did last week we talked about what marriage is and what sexuality is, that it's a reflection of the complete picture of God, that man and woman together is the complete picture of God. So man and man together and woman and woman together misses the mark. And that's what separates you from God, that you're not experiencing all of God in homosexuality. And um, like another thing I want to speak into about it is that God is love. And I think that part of the bad rap that God gets because of like Christian or people in general saying that God hates homosexuality because they combine love and judgment. Yeah. And there's a separation between loving someone and judging someone. And we, we Christians, we're told we don't judge. We're not the judge. But God is the judge, and he has said that this is right and this is wrong. But him judging doesn't mean he doesn't love. And so to say that God doesn't love because he judges and holds a group accountable for living righteously, living right and wrong, doesn't mean that he doesn't love. And so I know it can be really hard to kind of separate that. So it seems like if you're saying that homosexuality is, is wrong, that you're hateful, and people will tell you that, but it's not true. 
okay, you're adhering to what God said, and he is love. And why is, so why is him saying this is right, that man and woman is right, and man and man or woman and woman is wrong? Why is that still love? Because the original purpose of sexuality is to show a whole picture, a complete picture of him. And he's saying, if you're looking at homosexuality, you're not seeing a picture of me. And who wants to waste their time looking at an image that's not God, that doesn't reflect him? Just to piggyback on, on what Lynn said, we, we have a family friend who's a lesbian. And uh, th- how many people here, how many guys and girls have a friend that's lesbian, gay, declares themselves? you know, in the, in the LGBT community. So <clears throat> I think one of the things for them is that, you know, what let me say as far as judgment is concerned is from a Christian standpoint, you know, they're almost expecting us to judge them. You know, they're expecting us to look at them and to judge them and say, you're wrong, you're living in sin. And, you know, what we should be doing is reflecting God's love, right? Mm-hmm. So what good. we should be doing is to turn the tables and say, no, we're not going to judge you, we're going to love you. And so when it comes to uh, the friend that we have, you know, we invite them over to, the, to our house, you know, to go swimming, you know, that they come to all the family functions, the birthdays, you know, and we just show them love. We yeah. pray for them and we show them love. So whatever, you know, you know, I encourage you to, you know, to pray for them, to, you know, to ask God, how can I show them love? Is it, you know, I don't even know if you're allowed to buy them lunch, you know, or, or you know, do certain things that just shows them that you love them, you know, yeah, and yeah. that you're not judging them. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And to, um, to piggyback on that, just, like, to address the whole expectation that there is on religion that, like, Christians, like, we hate, you know, we actively hate or, or if we find out you're um, homosexual or something like that, that we're going to automatically, like, shun you or, like, put you out or think you're, like, less of a human. Like, we're just, like, going to completely, like, throw that out of the window right now. That's not true. You know, we don't do that. We're not called to that, you know. Um, I'm, I'm friends with multiple people who are gay, and the moment they find out I'm Christian, they're like, how have we been friends for this long and me not known? Well, that's because I'm actively loving you, and your expectations are that um, as a Christian that we're just going to, like, distance ourselves. Well, Jesus, like, he was called, and he went and hung out with the prostitutes, and he hung out with the homosexuals, homosexuals and, um, you know, he was just, like, the guy. Like, and we're called to be Christ-like, and we're called to be loving, you know? So we're just going to throw out that Westboro Baptist that we're, like, hating hom- homosexuals and, like, that that's what Christians are, you know? So. That's so good. Yeah, I want to just – oh, maybe this will lead to your, to something for you. We're just going to stay on this topic, but I just want to steer this a little bit in, a, um, in this direction. There's one question that I see – or a bunch of these questions that all contain statements about um, – why is being gay wrong, or can LGBTQ go to heaven, or why? what is so wrong about being LGBT, and things like that. So there's this whole, like, um, reality I think that we need to, decide, like, make a difference and, a, like, a separation between is the, an identity in something and a temptation in something. Right. Because they're, like, temptation is not sin, okay? But... Acting, behaving, or identifying with a temptation is sin. When you step into, because Jesus himself was tempted, but never sinned. Mm -hmm. So we're not trying to go like, oh my gosh, because we have to expect that even in this room, there's some of you who would struggle with same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. 
and we're like, and we don't go like, <gasps> we're not like freaked out at that reality. We're, we're very much like, no, like everyone in this room has certain things that they struggle with and are tempted with. And the devil has this crazy way of getting at the things where you may have a weak spot or whatever. But this is such a major realm that we've suddenly partitioned anyone who has a same-sex attraction to an identity in I am gay because I struggle with this. Does that make sense? And I don't think that that's like, you aren't a liar because you struggle with lying. You struggle with lying and you know you ought not to, whatever, you know, you can recognize that as sin and go, I'm not a liar. I don't want to be a liar. And and you can separate that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But we want to be careful that we're not just like, why is being gay wrong? Well, being gay is an identity. Right. And that is sin to say like, no, that's who I am because that's not what God said you are. But having that real struggle, that real wrestle with a sin is absolutely normal to the human condition. And we want to speak to that in a real clear way. Like if this is you, if you're like, oh my gosh, I've struggled with this my entire life and I don't know why and I want to get rid of it. Or I've struggled so long that I finally jumped right in and I just, I am. I'm gay, I'm bisexual, whatever it might be. There's a reality where like it's like, hold on, put on the brakes. Let's walk with you through what, how dealing with temptation works in anybody's life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Zach, go ahead, Rod, if you want to just add thoughts to what you're... Well, a um, couple points that I just wanted to bring out was, one, I feel deeply that the church has actually failed um, the gay community. And that's because we lash out, we make their sin bigger than other sins. How many of you know sin is sin? If you're an adulterer, you're sinning. If you're gay, you're sinning. If you act on it. So what we need to do is separate, and I've heard it, everyone said it a little bit differently, but I think we really need to drive this home to you. As Christians, we love the person who, the person that God created, but we don't condone the lifestyle and the sin. Just as I wouldn't condone an adulterer or a murderer or a liar. All of those things are wrong, and all of those things are are sin. Now, the other thing that I I just kind of want to, put a little stamp on is don't let the world define who you are. When you look at television these days, you would think that 30 to 40% of our population is gay because we're pounded. Mm -hmm. Every show has to have a gay character or, uh, you know, a same-sex marriage or someone who's struggling. And we, granted, we all know someone who probably is gay, is gay or declares themselves as gay. But for the majority, I would say if you took account, it's not the majority, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. But the media has made it seem like it's much more of a majority than it is. Mm-hmm. And as young people, you see that. You bring it in because it's television, and you watch television. 
You're going to do it. And you relate to it. And then you start thinking it's okay. And then your friends start saying things to you. Maybe calling you gay. I was actually asked several times during my life if I was gay. I'm not gay. I never was gay. I never thought about being gay. But if I had let the world define who I am because I constantly heard it, then I would have a question. I was asked the same thing. Yes, you answered. Because, because I wasn't boy crazy. Me too. Yeah. And, and, oh, I'm sorry. I was asked the same thing because I, I wasn't boy crazy. And it's so interesting now because I'm a counselor, right? So I see a lot of young people, 18, 19, 20 on up, who are questioning. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I, I keep going back to because they don't have any boundaries. Mm -hmm. They don't have any boundaries. And so if someone says something, or if something looks popular now, I mean, now we have Caitlin who has become transgendered. Now all of a sudden I'm seeing a bunch of more people who are, uh, are claiming to be transgendered. Uh, a lot more confusion. Yeah. A lot more. And it's like, why? Because it's in the atmosphere. It's just... It's all over the atmosphere. And so you have a lot of young people now just thinking, well, you know what? You know, Katy Perry said she kissed a girl and she liked it, so hey, let me try it too. <laughs> let me go and explore this because, you know, it's, it doesn't seem like it's wrong. So, you know, if there's nothing to give you clear boundaries, you'll go all over the place. Right. Pe and that's what people are doing. It's like, you know what, I sort of, about a little something there. God gives us sexual urges. There are attractive people all over the place. You feel a little something, does that mean like, mm, maybe I am? No. No, it, that's not it. But because there's so much freedom in a, in a negative way out there, you have people who are exploring. That and you get the, the person who's confused and they don't know where to turn and if they look to the church they feel shunned yeah. Yeah. because we won't love them they think we won't right. that's true um, there's a lot of stigmas attached to the church that really don't apply especially here at Life Center yeah. because we really do believe in yeah. experiencing the love and giving it away. That's our walk. Mm -hmm. That's who we are. That's who defines us. Right. So um, don't shun. Right. Love them. Yep. But you don't have to agree with their lifestyle either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, so what do you do if you are struggling with that temptation? Like, um, you know, first of all, just for a fun statistic, this 3% of the population claims to be homosexual. 3%. Doesn't it seem like a lot more? Mm -hmm. Like significantly more? Mm. It's not true, but because of what they were saying about the media and every TV show has to have the token gay person and all of that, that it seems so, so um, normal and so natural, but it's only 3%. Mm -hmm. 
And there is a huge movement because people who aren't homosexual are like, yes, we want to support them and love them. Yeah, we want to love them too, but we want to see them set free. Okay? And um, what kind of God <laughs> would not give a key to freedom? Like, he would be such a cruel God if he, if, if Satan could tempt people in homosexuality and God didn't provide a way for them to be free. So if you feel overwhelmed because of the temptation and you feel like it really is so overwhelmingly tempting that it feels like who you are, then know that God has the key for you and he has breakthrough for you and he's never going to leave you stuck in something that he said isn't right. He is always, always seeking to set you free and to love you and to give you abundant life. Dylan said that opening up tonight, that God wants us to have abundance. And if you're struggling with homosexual temptation, and I'm sure you're not feeling abundant, especially not coming in here and like, what you're struggling with, we're saying that's what God says is wrong. But he is so good. He is so good. And if you're struggling and you feel like you can't find a way out, then you can come speak to one of us. Like if you can, you can choose who you go and speak to. And if you go to the homosexual community, they will praise what you are tempted by. And they will encourage you in it. But we, we all... <laughs> I can speak for us. Our, we want to see you set free, and we want to love you, and we want to see you experience God's fullness. And so if that is something that you're struggling with, then I would encourage you to come talk to someone. And if there are steps that you're afraid of taking to like communicate that to other people in your life or anything, then we're here to help you because God doesn't want to leave you in that, and neither do we. Yeah, that's one of the specific questions that came through on here was how how do I come out to my parents? Okay, so um, and that's a legitimate question that anybody in this situation is going like, uh, my parents are going to flip out, freak out because I have quote identified as this, and I would encourage you to take that step, not necessarily to like well to come out or at least express with your parents what's going on. And again, this kind of goes back to all that we're talking about is where's this temptation point? There needs to be somebody that you're going like, I'm dealing with this and struggling with this. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see as a trend, especially like what Rod said with the way the church has responded in some ways really poorly, um, or at least perceived as going to respond poorly, is that people that struggle with this specifically um, stay very quiet about it. And they struggle with it for 8, 10, 15, 20 years. And then finally somebody perks up as they're at work and goes, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm this. And they suddenly go, that's somebody I can belong to. That's something I can attach to. Like, that's people like me. And that's where so much of this community that's building and growing is this just like, I can, it's better for me to identify as this because I'll belong with them than to battle this because the church is going to reject me right. is this fear and this thought. And guys, please let, like that, like Lynn was saying, like we want this to be a place. Like if you want to be like, hey, look, I've got a real struggle with this and I want to talk to my parents about it, but they're going to go ballistic and through the roof and it's going to go crazy, which I think, you know, is a fair under, or ex expectation on that. I would encourage you, come find us yeah. right here at Airborne and go, hey, I'd like to talk to my parents about this. Will you be there? Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty big guy. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> literally, no, just to play like biking. third party. I know, right? 
Um, but to play like third party intermediate to that conversation, we would love to see that kind of conversation be started where your parents could actually be aware like, hey, this is an area I'm struggling with. And I guarantee your parents are in a place of we would love to pray with you, pray for you, encourage you, help you walk through this. And it's certainly something we can do in this house. And we want to set that as like whatever the sin, whatever is going on, like this, you've got to get to a place of confessing to somebody because yeah. in that place you've now found belonging even in a place of temptation, because I guarantee we know what temptation is like. We're not some like high and mighty group of people up here that are preaching out of perfection, okay? We're like, hey, we wrestle with stuff, and the verse that popped into my head that most of you probably heard before or a million times is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Write this down, memorize it, own it. It says, there is no temptation that has come to you except what is common to man. Mm-hmm. Not Yours is not exclusive, and you're not the only one dealing with it, okay? Except what is common to man. And then it goes on and says, God is faithful, and and whenever temptation comes, he will always provide a way to escape. And I can look back at every single time I've been tempted and screwed up and looked back and gone like, ah, I can pinpoint the escape moment he gave me that I chose to deny. Does that make sense? Like we have the opportunity and you can, if you get real with yourself, you can find that like, I could have, I could have stopped there. I could have got out there. Craziest things. People you walk by on your way to doing something stupid and you're like, oh, that should have been a check in my spirit right there because God is faithful. But we have to be willing to participate and go like, I want God's perspective on this thing and to move forward. So we want that to be an open reality in this place that whatever the sin, whether it's homosexuality, like heterosexuality and you're struggling with it as you, in your dating relationship, whatever that might be, whether it's lying, cheating, pornography, all this stuff that we're going to get to, like all of this wide open, come talk to us because this is a process to walk through and pray through and belong yeah. mm-hmm. to a place that says, hey, we're real, got problems, need help. Yeah. And that's a cool place to belong. And it's really powerful because you don't only just belong, but you get set free and then you get to live life in belonging. Yeah. You don't live life yeah. in bondage, yes. belonging to bondage. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you can belong to that, but it will not fulfill and it will not bring answers to the questions that are stirring inside yeah. you. So, yeah. do you want to roll with it? Or does anybody need an Just um, really quickly, mm-hmm. keeping it in the dark, it grows yep. and it becomes bondage. Right. Yeah. Sharing it, bringing it out to the light can give you a whole different perspective. And now someone can come alongside you and walk with you and pray with you and help you. If you think you can get over it and through it by yourself, I guarantee you, you cannot. Mm -hmm. Not by yourself. We're not designed to carry that sort of stuff. We need to share it with God and with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I just keep thinking, it starts now, right? That's your theme. It starts now. And I feel like throughout the rest of the night with this panel, there are going to be certain topics that we talk about. Your heart is just going to pound in your chest, and you're going to know, like, this is it. Tonight is the night. It starts now for me. And I'm thinking of Angela's story. You know, they dated for five years, and I guarantee you it was a lot harder to break up after that five years than if you would have known the truth at the very beginning, you know? 
And that's the same way with any of these things that we're talking about tonight. It starts now so that you can get set free now so that the future is different than that bondage now. So good. Love it. Well, so ultimately, guys, we're not going to be able to completely bookend any of these topics fully. Okay, so the biggest thing, like even through the, like some of the things that you heard from the panel is, what does God say? You know, and, and these are questions that you can find answers to, you know, like, and literally, like, you think, like, man, I got to read my Bible. I got to figure that out. But, like, okay, you're like a Google generation, okay? And there's lots of Bible stuff on online that you can just search, like, why? And so if you're doing that, though, like, I just say, like, talk to people about it so you don't just start going down, like, some odd road of, like, I don't know, really weird theology. But, um, yeah, ask God. Ask him for answers, because otherwise, the only answers you're going to hear is from, like, the corporate media world that just is pounding an agenda, and you're not actually getting truth. You're getting manipulated or at least um, influenced by something that's not God, okay? So we're going to roll. We're going to move on to the next uh, theme or just a, a kind of a, a pair or a couple of themes here just about sex itself, shame, pornography, dating, um, waiting, all kinds of questions about those things. Um, so for you guys, just, um, I don't know if we want to do like specific questions, but some of these things that come up, like uh, is losing your virginity before being saved bad? Like before you get saved, like is it bad? So, I mean, Brian and Angela, this is kind of part of like the testimony that you even shared. Like, is it bad before I actually even knew Jesus? You know what? God is better than you think. How about that? You know, he's just so good. And um, and I, I gave you, I mean, that's just a smidget of the testimony. Um, but it started in a place just like this, where I saw the sincerity of people around my age who were really trying, and some were struggling, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me... Um, I I had sex before I got saved, and then I got saved. And then I had sex a couple of times after I got saved, you know? Um, and then I drew a line in the sand. And that was going on with God. And I tell you what, Rod and I, we had a holy marriage night. So what does that mean? That means that after we got back together, we did not have sex until our marriage night. Did God honor that? Absolutely. So, you know, Rod said, reset. Yeah, that's the word that I want you to remember tonight. Reset. Because God is a God of resets. Reset means forgiveness. Reset means bearing your soul, confessing your sin, and starting over. Repent. Repent. Reset. One way today, another way tomorrow. Really just that simple. It really is. You can be one way today 
in a completely different way tomorrow by the power and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How good is that? Come on. So, and then, so there's like, they're, they're kind of encompassing a couple questions here, just in case for people that are like waiting to, to like actually hear the words of their, their question. But um, some of the questions that that kind of touches on is, what do you do if you lose your virginity before your marriage? And if I messed up and sinned, um, kind of in that, in that way, will God still bless my future marriage with whomever I marry? Um, so like just the things that you're just saying, like it's not that we are giving license to sin. And it's not like Rod and Angela were going like, hey, we're going to have sex tonight and tomorrow we're going to press a reset button and then we're going to do it again and then we're going to do it again and then we're going to do it again because is that really honoring God? And is that really like actually receiving... Yeah, is that actually repenting, right? That's really what I want to say. Or is that just kind of like being a slot machine Christian and going like, I sinned, I'm free, I sinned, I'm free. And um, look, we talk about grace in such a powerful way, and it is that powerful, that no matter what, it is unlimited, okay? And it is all-reaching. And you guys heard some of my testimony last week, and it's similar where, you know, I was – I was struggling in that same area, and I lost my virginity before I was married and all that kind of stuff, and I was not at all, when, when I came to the awareness of my sin, I was not at all celebrating the fact that now that I knew I could be set free, that I could just keep going on in my sin. I was crushed. The same way that Angela said the words that she said, she could feel the pain that she caused God. She, she knew that she caused his heart to break. That, that kind of stuff, when you actually have a love for someone, in this case God, it affects you. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you, you do life, okay? And so when that kind of understanding of your sin comes on you, which I pray that it does, because guys, look, understanding and being convicted of sin is the best thing that can ever happen to you. Yeah, that's good. Because turning to God from that place is what actually sets you free. Josh said this a couple of weeks ago. He said the love of God, and it's really controversial to say it this way, but the love of God never saved anyone. Whoa. That's not what I heard at church. Mic drop. Turning and receiving the love of God will save anyone every time. Okay? And God will love you in your sin always. But until you turn to him and receive love, you can't actually have you can't actually have real repentance. You can't actually walk with him in a relationship. And so to just play this game with God and say, no, I, I really love you today, and, and I'm going to mess up tomorrow, and then you're going to forgive me, it's, it's, not real, it's, it's not real love for God. It's not a real relationship, and it's, it's sub, like, it's missing the mark. And I would, I mean, I would add to that. It becomes a great mentality reality. If you, can, if you would lock into that way of thinking as you're, like dating someone, like, oh, yeah, let's have sex, and then we'll reset, and have sex, and then reset. And like, you get married, suddenly there's this understanding that you can screw up and reset. Do you know what I mean? You get this mentality in your brain that after you're married, now we'll, we'll I'll go cheat and reset. And I'll go cheat again and reset. Like, when do you think your brain and mindset is, like Dylan talked about last week, the culture of your mind that gets created is suddenly going to shut off when you walk down the aisle and put a ring on it? Like, that you have to get a reality check in your mind that says, like, no, I'm committing to something. And there is a, re a real call to that that's like, no, God's calling you up to holiness. Not as licensed to, like, oh, yeah, screw it around, figure it out, I'll make it right. Like, 
God's going like, no, I'll make it right because I want you up here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. You know yeah. what, guys? Seriously, it's the greatest gift that you can give your spouse. No doubt. Yep. No lie. It is the greatest gift that you can give your future spouse. And when you have someone who will wait for you, I just want you to get that. When you have someone who will wait for you, it sets the tone for your marriage years from now because it's like, you know what? I trust you. And years later, you can always go back to, because, you know, the enemy comes. I trust you. I trust you then, and I trust you now. But if you do that reset thing over and over and over again, I can guarantee you're going to have some questions in your married life. It's going to happen. Flat out. Yeah. No lie. So, I mean, if I could say this any stronger to you, I would wait. Mm -hmm. It is the most precious gift because you're giving all of you to the one you love. Yeah. Um, and to tag on to that, like what you're saying, like when you find that person who you see that characteristic that they're willing to wait, you know, um, one of the other questions we had that we'll get to later was on um, dating. Like what should I look for in a person? Like hidden qualities. That right there, don't forget it. Like that's what you want to latch on to. You want to look for that in a person, you know? Um, that's what you like look for. Th that's the hidden quality. Yeah, and speaking more about like dating questions I know we're on there but um, so there was this point where I realized in my life and this is like super practical and I'm sure that there are a ton of girls in here to do this that I would walk into a room and I would look around and be like he's cute hmm, I could see myself with him he's pretty hot oh yeah I like him and one day it hit me so hard that my choices right now and the mindset that I have now and the practices that I have now are setting me up for marriage. Mm -hmm. And I would be an idiot to think that I would enter marriage and have this one man and not look at a room with an attractive guy and think, he's attractive. Right. I could see myself with him. I've already trained my mind to do that. Yeah. And uh, it, was, uh, it was like shattering to me to realize my choices now have sown into me being unfaithful in my marriage. And whether I would have ever acted on these thoughts that I had about a guy, I want to be faithful to my husband in every part of me, in my mind, in my thoughts, in my actions, every part of me, I want to be faithful to him. And so you hear, you know, it goes so far beyond just not sleeping with someone. Like, and saving yourself for marriage isn't just not sleeping with someone. It is honoring who you're going to marry and setting up patterns like, oh, goodness, yes. What, do, what was I sewing into? I was sewing into preparing myself to have an affair. Like if you think of it that way, by looking at multiple men and saying, I could be with them and I could be with them, it's sewing into this, this what would <laughs> spur on an affair in a marriage. I don't want to have any part of that. And so it starts now <laughs> is so real. Yeah. It is so real in every part of your being, yeah. not just physically. Mm 
it starts in your mind too. Practical step you can take. Like you don't have to wait till you find a person, or wait till anything. You know, practical step you can take right now is mindset. You know, practical steps. Um, a point that I, I also wanted to make about that is, um, and I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I've never read the word dating in the Bible. You remember, you heard what? somebody else say that in here before. Josh McGrady, quote, oh, God doesn't give girlfriends, he and gives I wives. I wasn't here. <laughs> exactly. Oh, the world created dating. The word dating itself implies sexual relationship. Being honest. I'm dating someone. What's the first thing you think of? They're going out. <laughs> They're being intimate. How far are they going? There's an expectation that they're doing something physical. Something, something physical. So the only question is how much? How much? God taught us to court. There's a word. It's getting uncomfortable. Courtship is totally different from dating. Mm -hmm. Dating you move on from. Veronica, where you at? Courtship is a preparation <laughs> for marriage. It's a mindset that you enter into saying, I'm looking for the one person that I want to be with for the rest of my life. I'm not going out to a buffet and having a little mushugai pan, <laughs> a little fried rice on Thursdays. You know, some salad on Fridays. Right. And next week, I'll have French food. You know, <laughs> dating is a totally different mindset. Right. It really is. And if you make that switch, because mm -hmm. if you're dating, you're not looking for a husband or a wife. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of hanging out and having fun. Yeah. And yeah. In the same. Sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say in the same way. Like if you go around eating at every buffet every weekend, you're gonna get sick. If you go around dating with everybody, your spirit's gonna sick. Gonna get sick. Then you're gonna walk around with your head down low, thinking, "Pity me. Like I feel like crap." You know. So, treat your spirit right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But you know, I'm just gonna be really honest, and I'm just gonna put myself back in. Can we be honest? Like really honest. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I mean, I'm just going to put myself back into my 14-year-old self. That's dangerous. I, it is It is a little dangerous. <laughs> Go for I it. mean, I love Jesus. I got wrecked at 14 years old. And I came back from that weekend and was 14 and 15 and 16 and 17. And I really liked guys. I really liked to date guys. And it was really hard. I mean, I honestly remember sitting where you sat and hearing these conversations and I heard it and I felt it and I wanted it but there was something in me that still wanted to be in relationships and so I did I was in a lot of different relationships with good guys from church and typically I would get in a relationship and it was great but I had this thing inside of me and I still use this slogan. I, I tell people, you can be led by your peace. You know, the Bible says, um, 
everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. It's like there were these different relationships that I would get into with awesome guys, and we weren't sleeping with each other, but that thing inside of me that, like, I just didn't have peace about it. So, like, the cool thing about being a Christian and not being a slot machine Christian and being in relationship with the Lord is that you you don't get to just do what you your body, your flesh tells you that you want to do because you are in relationship with God. You know, it's like Brandon's my best friend. I don't want to go out while he's at work today and do something that would hurt his feelings because I love him and he loves me. And 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 all of you, I mean, you you know how much God loves you. And so um, where was I getting? Okay, so dating, so dating guys. Okay, so dating guys. So I did date guys, even though I felt inside of me that I didn't have peace. And then I would break up with a guy, and I would go out with another guy again. And w- we wouldn't have sex. We would just fool around. But I didn't have peace, you know? And it's like, even in that, well, I didn't, I, I didn't really, I didn't have sex. I didn't cross the line. I was still losing I was losing that closeness, that intimacy that the Father wanted to have with me because I was choosing to just give him half of who I was, you know? And that's a real thing. Like, that's real reality. Hearing uh, things that we're saying is so good, but doing them, it can be really tough. So it was, it was years, actually, after we were, um, I was dating these different guys. Brandon is not one of the guys that I'm talking about. But even actually after we got married, I was thinking back to these years of my life, loving the Lord and dating these different guys and being led by my peace. I didn't have peace. I would end up breaking up with these guys. And I was like, you know what, God? Why? Like, why wasn't I strong enough to say no? And um, my parents were divorced, and I remember a lot of times when people would pray for me, sometimes there's like token prayers that people pray over you because you have divorced parents or because there are different situations in your life. And I remember people praying over me different times that maybe because she, her, f- her parents are divorced, she's missing love from her father, and so that's why she's seeking love from a boy. And a lot of times, the reason why that's said is because it's true. Mm-hmm. It's oftentimes true. However, it just never settled with me right. And it never, you know, when someone prays for you and the Holy Spirit touches you, you know that, yes, that's what's going on or that's what's not going on. So this was a couple years ago, and I was like, man, God, I have kids now. Like, like reveal these things to me, even from way back when, that, that maybe haven't been dealt with. And I was outside gardening, and I heard God say, it's because you didn't know your worth. and it still hits me every time I think about it because if you don't know your worth and you don't know who you are you're never going to have the the respect for yourself the the knowing of yourself of who God sees you as to say no okay so that's just something I felt like we're going to release here tonight that you would you would know your worth and in that knowing your strength will come so um one thing i have been single for a really long time like 27 years (laughs) a really long time 
And I can tell you that that has been really painful and it's been really hard. And there have, has been time and time again where I denied myself and in humility came to God and chose him over my own gratification. That I chose living righteously and knowing that God will have something so abundantly good for me in the future. And it was really painful. And it continues to be painful, you know? At 27, I would really like to have children right now. I would really like to be married and have someone supporting me. And I would love to not be making all the decisions for my life and have a partner. But I don't. But I'm okay. <laughs> you know, there's, okay. As, as painful as it is to wait, anytime I've compromised, it's been way more painful. So as painful as it is to wait and to say that um, tonight I could, this has literally happened, I could stay here with this guy and make out with him and be really physical with him, or in humility, I could super awkwardly leave this situation, <laughs> super awkwardly, because at that point I had already given enough yeses to him, the guy, that there was no clean, easy out. But I still chose to leave. And it was so painful afterwards to hear people talk about the fact because he didn't just, you know, keep it private to himself. He told my best, one of my best friends, and she was like, Lynn, so-and-so told me that you ran away from him the other night. I'm like, yep, I sure did. <laughs> Literally ran away from him. <laughs> And the pain of that and the humility, like having to come to God in humility was way less than other times where I was in similar situations and I compromised. And thank God, oh, he's protected me so much. And I can say that the only thing I've done with a guy is kiss him. One guy, one time. But that compromise hurt. It hurt so bad. It hurts so badly. And so I've experienced that pain, and I every day experience the pain of living righteously for God. But there's no comparison because in choosing to deny myself and deny um, just what's stirred inside of me and the longing that's inside of me, to, to choose the path of righteousness and deny my own gratification and comfort, along with that comes peace. And there's nothing that can trump having peace in God. And knowing that you're in his will and that he loves you and that he's taking care of you. As soon as I choose to compromise, I'm choosing to make myself Lord. And my own desires and my own needs Lord over my life. Instead of making God my Lord. And it's no good when I'm Lord. No good at all. You don't want me to be the Lord. I don't want me to be the Lord. <laughs> he's, he's got it and he's so good. So and in the Bible it says... Discipline will be painful, <laughs> but I forget how it's worded. The reward of it, you, you will receive a harvest of peace. That's exactly what it says, a harvest of peace. Thank you, God. Ah, so yeah. good. Because you were designed to live righteously. You were designed yeah. to be in relationship, right relationship with God. That comes from living a righteous life that he gives you power to do. You all, all know that you mess up. That's just the way it goes. But living in a place where you're choosing to come back to him, repent, turn to God, it's like gives you that peace and saying like, God, 
I don't ever want to hurt your heart. I don't ever want to be that person who breaks your heart. I'm always wanting to be leaning into you. So we want to we want to get ready to wrap up. We want to ask one more question specifically, but I want to just say, like, yeah, for each person um, on the panel, we're going to ask you a question. But um, all of this stuff is just in the, the with the understanding that we want to do this with you, okay? Like that, like as this you know next generation, um, like talking to students where who are are exactly where we've been. It's like that. This this is the idea that we do, we can't do this for you, you don't want us to, us to do it for you, but we do want to do it with you. Okay. So the question that we want to ask and that someone asked is, what helped you fight temptation? And we'll just start wherever, whoever, one end or the other. Like wh what practical things? We heard a couple answers. One of them is running, by the way, yes. literally. And if you ever get made fun of from running away from a guy or a girl who wants to do something to you that you're not ready to do, don't want anything to do with, you come to me, I will like high five you, cheer you, I'll put your name on a jersey and wear it around. I'll do everything. Like you are, I I'm your number one fan. Flee from temptation. Resist the devil and he will run away from you. Like, come on, guys. You can actually, like, physically, like, you've gotten yourself into a bad situation. Oh, crap. Like, lace up those Nikes and bust it out of there. Like, you can do it. That's why so, we do so airborne worth grinds. It. So <laughs> worth it. Well, guys, and that's, like, from what Katie talked about with her journal last week. Yeah. Like, that's a journal moment. Yeah, right. And think about receiving that journal and reading. <gasps> they ran from a come bad on. situation for me. You're not just running away from something. You're running to what you yeah. know you're establishing. It's a big old fat deposit in your marriage, in your future, in your actual sexual fulfillment. Cool. So practical, <sighs> anything that you, you can go. think of. And we can popcorn around, but if everybody could just share, like, one practical thing that helped you with, like, a personal struggle with temptation in any yeah. arena of this kind of stuff. And keep it short. Yeah, because we got to... <laughs> I feel like I have a lot. Uh, um, one thing that you need to do, I think, is just set boundaries. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes even your parents might trust you too much, and you know how much you should or should not be trusted. Um, one thing, I mean, when Brandon and I were dating, it was like set boundaries. Even when we were engaged, we were both like, you know what? This might be the hardest five months of our lives. So, okay, uh, we're not going to kiss until we're married for the time that we're engaged. Why? Because it's hard. Oh, because on. it's hard. And yep. Ben mentioned it. I think you might have said it last week. You know, if you start kissing, making out when you're seven, or when you're seven, when you're in seventh grade, that's, that's really early. <laughs> that is way too early. Oh, man. In seventh grade, you have a long time to wait until you're going to get married. I, I kissed a boy when I was 12. Brandon waited till he was 19. That's a lot less years to have to wait and hold out. So I just say, like, be practical. Don't put yourself in a situation where you and your boyfriend are home alone and your parents aren't going to be home for two hours. Just don't do it. It's a terrible idea. Nothing good will come out of it. I promise you're not going to clean the house and pray for each other. It will not happen. Okay? So just don't. Don't even let yeah, yourself your prayer be there. Meeting, your prayer meeting won't last long. No. Oh, man. No. Dude, because prayer is one of the most attractive things you can ever do. Like, oh, my God. You better be praying with other Seriously. people around. Yeah. Amen. Oh, man. I could keep going, but That's I'll let great. you guys share. I'll go next. So, um... 
one of the biggest things, and this is so true for girls, and it's true for guys too, but really, really true for girls, is that you have emotional needs. Mm. And it is really hard to have unmet emotional needs. And yes, someday it'll be great. You'll have a husband and he'll meet those emotional needs. You'll still need girlfriends because he won't completely understand. But <laughs> here's... <laughs> And, and guys, learn this now. We are sponges. That's what we do. We're sponges. We take in everything and then just release. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> so a very, very, very real and detrimental strategy for me has been finding women who are older than me and wiser than me and going to them when I'm feeling this, like, I have to have someone here to support me emotionally. I have to have someone to talk to. And I have amazing women like Don Locke and Katie Hurst and Michelle Metzler and Marcy Leach. Yeah, yo mama. And they are. <laughs> Seriously, Shout they out. have been a exceedingly huge part in me being able to wait. Because if I, any desire that you have, you're going to curb it somehow. And you are fully empowered to choose if you're going to give in to temptation to curb that desire that you have or if you're going to proactively as a powerful person choose what you're going to do with it. So when I recognize that I need, I need someone to talk to, to love me, to hug me, to hold me, I have designated people I go to for that. Come on. Healthy. 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 Well, to, to piggyback on Lynn, like, there is a, like a psychologist, I'm sure probably – Angela knows this uh, and can talk more to it, but there are there is a concept with habits that's called cue, routine, reward, and so you can't always change the cue, which is the temptations, mm -hmm. but you can change the routine, which yeah, then changes so your reward. So so good. And so if you come up with a plan <laughs> to Listen. change the routine, whether it be with Katie writing down in a journal, um, or you know going to friends. You know, you change that routine, you know, you'll set yourself up for success. Yeah. Um, you know, there's you – know, th they say there's a big difference. You know, like what is the difference between people that get into life-threatening situations, plane crashes, you know, boats overturn in the ocean? You know, what's the difference between people that live or die? It's the people who live have a plan. And so can they determine a plan in an amount of time to save themselves? And so if you have a plan when you get into these situations, um, you'll be able to succeed. That's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give guys a really practical thing to do. And this is really rudimentary, meaning really base, really at the core. And it's going to sound a little silly to you at first. But as you get older, you'll realize that it works. Sometimes you just have to close your eyes. Come on. Yeah. And I'm s I'm talking about the way you look at women. It's in us mm -hmm. to look at women in an unrighteous way. So sometimes, a lot of the times, it's better to close your eyes or look at the floor. Because now you don't have that focal point and the enemy can't get in your mind. And guys, we are visual very visual we are visual <laughs> we take visions with us we carry those visions if you don't let it in you don't have to carry it yeah. Yeah. okay and that's so true in ever i mean looking at girls social media 
YouTube, television, television right. the movies you watch, like have blinders on. You know, don't think you can overcome those what you see because you know your 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 mind is very powerful. So here's something very short and sweet. Both of our mothers used to say this, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Come on. So right. sometimes it's all about changing your friends. You know what's going on. Remember when I said when I was growing up, junior high, high school, all my friends were like me. We were, even though we weren't strong Christians, we were moral. You know, we sort of had the same values. Like, well, we weren't just going to go out with people. We weren't going trying to have sex with people. You know, we weren't. We just weren't like that. So you could look at any one of my friends, and you would know that I was somewhat like that. Now, if you are going around going around with friends, and they're like teasing you because you haven't done anything, or they're trying to push you and encourage you to, girl, do, you can do that. God's not gonna be mad at you if you do that. You better think again. Sometimes you just have to get rid of some friends and get some new friends. You can ask God, God, yeah. show me who should be my friends. Show me your friends, and I'll tell you who you are. Pornography. I said it. There it is. So it's, it's heavy, right? Your heart sunk to your chest. You're thinking, did he just say that? Are we in this room right now? There's a girl or a guy sitting next to me who just said that. Yeah, we probably are thinking that. But the truth is, everyone struggles from it, you know. Um, you, it's like people all around you don't even know. Um, and the point is not that. But the point is we all struggle. And it's a huge source. Like uh, we said, that guys are very, very visual. And it is a huge temptation for visual uh, um just temptation, you know, and a really practical thing you can do is you see a source of that temptation at home or wherever you're at, get it out of there, you know, if it's um, your phone, we literally are so attached to our phones, you just, if it's charging at your nightstand or wherever, get it out of your room, get it out of your, like the floor of the house that you sleep on or something like that, if it's your computer, throw it out of the room, maybe not throw it because they're pretty expensive, <laughs> But or throw it, or just throw or it, or just throw it. Don't have to worry about the problem again. That's how you do it. Um, so that's a really, really good practical step because you'll lay there and you'll think it's five feet from me. You know, it's five feet, and the the devil will hear that and he'll latch onto that and he'll keep gnawing at your head um, and at your thoughts. So another practical step is getting those objects out of your sight, out of sight, out of mind. That's really good. Um, and to touch on some base of how I can fight temptation and stuff like that, when it comes to, like, dating people or um, the way you look at people when you're around them in public is having goals. And for me, I'm very goal-oriented, and I don't want to waste my time if it's not lining up with my goals, and it's going to be counterproductive to who I am and what I'm doing. So it's another filter you can throw up that... Um, that you get another wall, another weapon, you know, like does this person line up with my goals? And if, if they if you don't know, then you get to look for those hidden characteristics, those hidden qualities. Um, goals are very good to have. So good. Guys, thank you so much. And you guys too, thank you so much. I know that these nights are longer, you're sitting on the floor and um, it's it's hard concrete and stuff, but 
seriously, this, this stuff is so important. It's so valuable, and I'm really thankful that you're all coming out. We're going to do this again next week, like I said. Different. Um, different, different questions, different kind of panel like we talked about a little bit, but make sure you come out for this kind of stuff. We just want to pray again. So why don't you guys all just stand yeah, everybody up. Everybody stand up. Yeah. We're going to pray a general prayer. Guys, and if, if you guys can hang around for a little bit, um, we invite you, and these guys Shh, are all welcome. Guys, don't disconnect over there. Yeah, Thanks. sorry. These guys all want to pray with you. Like if something that's popped out about their testimony, their story, um, individual things that these different people up here have shared, don't leave tonight without just coming up and asking for prayer, or asking for an impartation, asking just for them to just talk to you. Um, that kind of stuff is really, really helpful and powerful too. Okay, they're safe people, or we wouldn't yeah, have them here. So totally, they're if amazing. you don't know them, it's okay. Come, they would love to pray for you. Um, and so, but just in general, like any of these things that kind of have stuck out, reached out, and grabbed you, has shaken you, or whatever, uh, kind of got you spinning, or whatever it is. Or um, also, really specifically, if there's if there's people in here um, that were like me that have fallen short, have missed the mark. You've you felt like you know you're not this pure person that all these other people up here are, are talking about, or you're not this Christian person who's, you know, totally perfect before God because of, you know, you've slept with someone or you've messed around with people or you've done this or you've done that, or you struggle with sin that you feel like God would never forgive. Guys, we're, we're, we've said it over and over again. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is enough for you. And not in a way that, like we talked about, you just keep hitting the reset button and keep sinning, but in a way that restores you to a place of love and relationship with him so that you taste and see and know how good he is. You taste and see, like Angela said, he's a lot better than you think. And he's inviting us back into this place of closeness with him, of nearness with him that makes us in relationship go, God, I don't ever want to do that again. I don't ever want to hurt you like that again. I don't ever want to be far from you like that again. I don't ever want to compromise something that you've given as a value for me again. I don't want to do it again. So I repent, God, and I turn to you. If that's, if that's you tonight, guys, he is so able to restore, to hit that reset button in a real way that restores relationship with him and that puts you back on track. Rod said it. One way today another way tomorrow and that literally that tonight like samantha shared can be a turning point an altar of your life a, a remembrance where you look back and you go that night on february 7th in airborne i was made new again even some of you my virginity was restored to me again and i was given back a gift that i can give to my future spouse my future husband or wife even if it's just your mindset doesn't have to be physical, even if it's just your mindset. So we're just going to pray and ask God. To, yes. I just want to also invite, like Samantha touched on this reality of just not knowing your value. I feel like that goes out like a wave. And Jenny also came and was like, that hit my heart. I want to pray for people for that. Cool. If that's where you're at, where you're just like foundation level, like I haven't even walked into really having to struggle with this yet, that's probably a number of you that are just kind of like, I'm kind of, but if that's a part of your struggle right now is knowing your value, get that worked out right now and set the course for the rest of this stuff. And that you'll, you'll 
blaze under some of this stuff, simply knowing who you are and how valuable you are. So come grab Samantha, Jenny, any of the staff around. We'd love to pray for you for that. But I just feel like there's a real, a real anointing for that tonight to establish who you are and what God sees you to be. Yeah. Come on. So, yeah, just back to that picture like that I closed worship with that I felt like God gave me was that literally these truth, truths have been jackhammering foundations in your, your thought life, your belief life, your action life, okay? But God is pouring a new foundation, God is pouring a new foundation. Like I said, that could be physical for you. That could be mental for you. That could be a heart value issue for you. But by faith is how we access this stuff. Okay? We, that's, that's what we do. That's, we're believers. I'm accessing this goodness of God by faith, believing that he actually is better than I think. He actually is better than I could ever believe. So if there is this place still where you're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, how could that be true? It's true. And it's not up to us to decide what God says he forgives or doesn't forgive. It's not up to us to, to decide if God's able to, to redeem me physically. It's not up to me to decide if he's going to restore my virginity to me. It's not up to me. He's already decided when he died on a cross for me. He already decided when he sent his son to be here for me. He already decided this stuff, and our responsibility is to say yes to him, to make him king of my heart again. So, God, that's our prayer. God, we we humble our hearts. We bow our hearts down to you. We say, God, you, you are amazing. You're better than I dreamed. You're, you're better than anything I could have ever imagined, God. I thank you. Say this in your heart to him. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your ability to save me. I thank you for your blood that sets me free from my sin and my shame. You are Lord. I am not. You are God. I am not. I thank you that you decided to rescue me. I thank you that you decided to die for me. That you established this value of my life. God, I want to live for you. I want to be yours. I want to be yours, God. So come and restore. Come and restore my mind. Come and restore my body. Come and restore my, my heart of faith, the place that I believe from, God. Show me. Show me your goodness. Show me. Show me. Let me taste and see and know you're good. Come on, if you've prayed that in your heart tonight, I just want to say that despite the temptation, despite the lie that will come and say, you're not clean, you did this, this, and this, you have ammo now. You don't just lay down and take those accusations. No, 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 no. February 7th, 2017, my God, eighth, 
8th. I keep saying 7th. February 8th. It's even better. It's my favorite number, 2-8. Even better. February 8th. God made me whole again. God made me pure again. Come on. Take that one to the bank. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.